Welcome back to Gentlemen Prefer Bonds. I'm Will Daniel. And I'm Will Schlick. And I'm Max Wilcox. And joining us tonight is a special guest, David Byron. You don't get to introduce yourself, David. You don't have that that sort of seniority yet. Why would... Yeah, that was a bold, bold play. I was just... I was like, oh, we're just going down the line. This is fun. Uh, No, sorry. Let's let's take that again for the guest. Uh, Uh, Sure. (laughs) Uh, I'm David Byron. Let's keep going past it. Great. Thank you. I was going to say, you assume a level of... Can I just say, first time guesting on anything, so there's gonna be some mishaps. Well, thanks so much for joining us, David. Uh, Sure. First question, um, as brief or or long-winded as you'd care to be, uh, what is your history with James Bond? Uh, My history with James Bond completely starts with Pierce Brosnan. I think it uh, uh, probably starting from a video game space and then going into some pretty bad movies I didn't know were incredibly bad. Uh, <laughs> and then in my later adult years, finding out that there is just a lot more fun to be had in the Bond movies past GoldenEye. Um, but yeah, I would say I have not seen the entirety of the James Bond uh, filmography, but I could probably recall a couple of the hits here and there. So yeah, but nice. always a fan. Uh, had had you seen this movie before uh, this week? Uh, I thought I saw this movie, uh, <laughs> and I definitely have not seen this movie. <laughs> I uh, I very much I don't know if it's because I picked up a golden gun in Goldeneye and I was like, definitely yeah. that was canon. Uh, <laughs> no way have I seen this movie. <laughs> very cool. What what were your your initial thoughts watching it uh, this week? Uh, the, I, it, it starts off with a third nipple, like yeah. right out of the gate. And I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't like... know if we're going right into it, but if there has ever been a movie to set a tone, they did it. <laughs> they absolutely did it. It was one thing where it's like you, I was going to sit down and be like, okay, like, we'll see how like seriously they're going to take it right out of the gate. You're like, well, this is going to be a popcorn fun one. <laughs> yeah. Hands yeah. It starts down. with, uh, Christopher Lee, uh, and some sort of spray tan that they would apply and and wash off with a hose apparently every night uh calling for tabasco from his manservant who brings it on a little tray there are two things you learn about scaramanga in the opening scene it's not that he's a world-class killer or anything it's that he loves tabasco and Mm -hmm. he has a third nipple yeah it it all it yeah cascades out of those two a third nipple that just a third nipple that just refuses to get tan apparently (laughs) like The Dickens, if they, like that that little bastard, it refuses the sun. Well, it looks like they cast someone else, made the perfect nipple for them, and then something <laughs> fell out. And they're like, "All right, Chris yes. Lee, get in here. Yes. We're gonna try and tan you up as much as possible, but it's not gonna happen." I'm fully on board with this. That is another man's nipple. We this is the phantom nipple now. I'm fully on board with that. Yeah, it's how, how do we establish that this guy called Francisco Scaramanga is Cuban in the first minute? Uh, spray tan and likes hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it at length. The A last Louisiana this, when hot they're, sauce. When they're, <laughs> yeah. at the, when they're doing dinner at the end and he's like, oh, yes, I remember that you British people like to do bling and blank. And I was like, you, Christopher Lee, you didn't <laughs> yeah. try one iota to not sound just as British as you are. Uh, I was reading some some trivia today, and the the script supervisor 
uh, was saying like, yeah, Christopher Lee kept uh, telling everyone who worked on this movie that he wasn't wearing a wig, but he totally fucking was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was excited to come on this podcast before seeing this, but after seeing the movie, I was way more excited because... (laughs) I am sure you have dove a little bit into the history of how some things came to be on this, and that is very exciting to me, because there is a lot going on that I would like some behind-the-scenes explanations for. <laughs> yeah, so I can I can go a little behind-the-scenes in that um, this book, um, Ian Fleming had done, had like written a, a manuscript or like first draft, um, but died before he could uh, polish it. I don't think anyone no, really cleaned it up. You don't say. <laughs> I mean, he died, well, but there was the only is... one bullet. So yeah. who could have done it? <laughs> the, the book is a lot, is, is very different from the movie. Not to say that it's good. It's, <laughs> it's a, kind, of, kind of a rough one. It's very short. Um, it starts out sort of a CIA or like a gangster plot in it. Yeah, so it, it starts out, it's, it's following uh, the book, You Only Live Twice, where Bond gets uh, amnesia at the end, um, and he basically gets turned into uh, like Manchurian candidate, like Russian sleeper agent. So he comes back to MI6, he tries to assassinate M uh, in, in M's office, uh, and then kind of the, some of the first like third of Skyfall um, is kind of based on the book, where they're like, they don't really trust Bond, and he has to like uh, prove himself again. Uh, but in the book, M uh, sends Bond out on what he considers to be a, an impossible assignment to, to kill Scaramanga, the best assassin in the world, uh, thinking that, oh, if he fails, like, he's already kind of dead to us. And if he kills Scaramanga, it's good to kill Scaramanga and, and he'll, you know, prove his, his loyalty to, to Britain, I that's guess. That's such a better plot for this movie. They should have actually yep. used at least that as a jumping off point. <laughs> See, it, the first, like... I don't know, 50 pages of the book are kind of cool when they're setting that up. Once you meet Scaramanga and he's just like a 1930s like comic book villain. Does he love Tabasco in the book or is that <laughs> strictly a movie thing? They mentioned that he's Cuban in the book, but he says everything like a uh, 1930s gangster. I guess the two things are synonymous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loves Tabasco, is Cuban. <laughs> was it then, was it product placement? Was it like... <laughs> The Tabasco, pl- the, not only is it mentioned, it has a prominent shot when Knickknack brings it back. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a sponsorship thing. It has yeah. to be. And the only thing that's like, out uh, there is a is like a '68 like champagne, like a like a mo. I was gonna say moat, like a moe, mo mo mau. How the fuck do you say that? I don't know. I, mo- moet. I mo- feel the fact that we all have that question means. We're not drinking a lot of that stuff, huh? Not a lot no. of mo in my no. Yeah, I have no idea. I've never had to order it. Uh, did we see what the Tabasco was used for? Because now I'm like trying to. That's I what just I'm saying. Num- trying to remember, there it was for nothing, right? Uh, it was it for the champagne. If, yeah, it looked as if he had finished eating or was not eating. Yeah, um, he, was, there was no indication he was eating I, at all. I have <laughs> yeah. to think. I have to think that there are, there is a cut. Uh, there's a cut dish of where it's oysters. The only thing that makes sense for be. Tabasco is oysters. Well, except if you like, if you know Cuban culture, or, or jambalaya, use Tabasco as an aperitif. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. it is a it is a digestif <laughs> as well. Like it a, it has yes, so yes. many uses in Cuban culture. Yes, you see, the, for the Italians there is limoncello. For the Cubans there is Tabasco. 
It's like Disarono and Tabasco. You could do one or the other. Uh, wow. So uh, I can make a tiny bit more sense of this movie by saying that uh, Live and Let Die, the, the previous and, and first uh, Roger Moore Bond movie, came out in the summer of 73, uh, made a ton of money at the time, $126 million. Uh, United Artists was, it, it helped United Artists bounce back from, I think, near bankruptcy. Uh, so, of course, the people at, at UA were immediately like, let's make a new Bond movie, like, tomorrow. So this this whole movie is is very rushed and just, like, it has to be out next year. Um, the, the director, uh, Guy Hamilton, who had done the last two, uh, as well as Goldfinger, um, said that he didn't really want to do this because uh, the producers... Uh, Albert Broccoli and Harry Saltzman were just fighting constantly at this time uh, and later said uh, more recently that uh, when asked why he made Golden Gun, he said, uh, it must have been money. Is he still alive? <laughs> I think he might have died a couple of years ago, but, okay. but he was alive until pretty recently. Again, just one bullet. Just one bullet? Yeah. <laughs> He's, Scaramanga's is finally getting them all. <laughs> The um, this movie, oh boy, this movie. Um, yeah, of, of all the ones to to do twice, I know. <laughs> In a way, it's kind like, of perfect though, because it's so there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Anyone who's anyone who's listened to to uh, to this podcast understands that like I, the more I experienced this bond. Um, like the less and less I liked him, like Roger Moore has, yeah. like when I was like, I would have called him maybe like my top two or three and then rewatching. And now for a, another time rewatching these movies, I just, his bond is the, is just hates women so much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. holy shit. He, I forgot already again that like the first time he meets the girlfriend that he just like gives her roughly one second to answer a question it's like i'm gonna backhand you just for fun <laughs> just for just for giggles yeah and then, and, like and friends and, to break her arm yes and then backhands her again and then like gives her a look back where he's like we're, we're, we're probably still gonna bang though so don't worry about it yeah. Like, and then yeah. I, I swear, like, and David, you, you, I don't know how many Roger Moores you've seen, but like, the more of them you watch, the more you realize that for some reason, that's what his bond did. Like, at well, least more... there was. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I haven't seen any recently, and I don't remember the reaction I had for exactly like the scene you're talking about, where I'm like, man, it's like he's, hmm. Like a lot of this is really problematic. Then you get the slap, and that, and we're only like a third into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like even yeah. Connery, even Connery, when the, he's doing stuff that's like wicked rapey, it there is a that it it is still shitty, but there's an undeniable charm to it. When Roger yes. Moore does it, it feels like he's abusing an actress, <laughs> like not a character. <laughs> yeah. This movie is so interesting too. Just thinking about new things to talk about, like even not just the way that Bond interacts with the female characters, but like the fate and the fortunes and the way that yeah. the female characters are treated by everyone. And like, yeah, because oh Maude Adams' character is actually like a pretty intelligent, like 
kind of cunning human being who has some like skill and value and what what is happens to her the whole movie like she's just dumped on by everyone like yeah that's treats her like that's hell, good night like, right scare yeah no uh, not good well, night that character uh, also <laughs> yeah no, it's the uh, girlfriend. Like, Scaring yeah, girlfriend. The, the girl oh. Scaring, yeah. oh, okay. Like she's actually a <laughs> she pretty interesting, intelligent yes. person, and like everybody treats her like garbage. And then yeah. Goodnight's like a, a freaking idiot. And then somehow like everybody's so committed to like taking care. Even the bad guys, like, yeah, I'm just gonna take you back to my lair, and you're gonna be like my, like, it's just like such a bad characterization of women. Yes. Just not even regardless <laughs> of how Bond. Like, oh, not only that. Them alone, but. Dude, when Bond gets when Bond g- goes to Scaramanga's Island, and we all know that Goodnight was captured, where she was literally in a trunk, captured, and she comes in in a bikini, and Bond's first thought is like, "Quick to be in a fucking bikini, huh?" Yeah, and oh, she's like, yeah. she's like, my guy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this wasn't oh, he a says, choice. Like, he's like that lunch scene. He just immediately says like three lines to slut shame her, like the oh yeah fellow agent who's been captured, like yeah. It's like and a then, bit and overdressed, then she, are and then, we, for lunch? And then, yes, that, thank you, that's what it was. And then and then she, like, takes out the only other threat on the island, this big, this big, like, mute man who runs the generators? I don't know, that guy always is an enigma to me. And is also guy's really rapey? He's so rapey. He's rapey in a way that yeah. feels like he, he understands that, like, that's his due. He's like, yeah. when the new ladies come, I get the new ladies. Yeah. For, well, for you're hanging out with the... Yeah. Good, good. If the movie you're wasn't hanging... already moving at mock speed for rapiness at that point, like, it just... It it breaks the sound barrier when he shows up. Yeah, I don't know if he's off that island, and he's hanging out with Scaramanga and Knickknack all the time. That's that's not a way to, like, normalize your behavior. No. It also Especially very much feels when like there are, somebody... like, no guards... Like, in James yeah. Bond yeah. movie, it's, like, guards everywhere in all of these, like, secret volcano locations. And it's just like, oh, uh, one other person. This is, like, the guard is probably going to get karate chopped and fall over. It's like, no, he's also going to try and rape this girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's also insane that he – it feels like there was – that, like, a lot of people realized that uh, you should start to have people of color in these movies – yeah. And then he was a quota that was filled in the worst possible way, where they're yeah. like, "We need a black guy somewhere." <laughs> what about this silent dude that rapes someone? And you're like, "Great, cool, 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 cool." Um, and also <laughs> insane that that's where they decided to put the one character of color because this is Scaramanga's yeah. China Island. Yeah, this t- just... movie takes place yeah, in China where, where and, get and Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was to not piss off international relationships. With uh, <laughs> his clients, I guess. <laughs> yes, I mean, on, on You Only Live Twice a few movies earlier, I think the, the Japanese government um, said, like, if you're going to film in Japan, we need Japanese Bond girls. And they were like, fine. Apparently, China and, and Thailand did not <laughs> say did anything not like that. They're just like, <laughs> Bond is going to just bang two Swedish women in, in Asia in this movie. <laughs> Uh, this yeah. is the the last bond that I think costs less than than ten million. Uh, the the budget I think about doubles for the next one and like triples for for Moonraker and basically stays up up there and and just gets bigger as as the movies go on. And you kind of feel that at at times like 
the, you know, you get to Scaramanga's Island, you're like, oh, wow, this is this is nice. This is expensive. They spent money on this. You get to, like, the fun house and, like, the fact that he has, like, no staff or, like, yeah. guards with machine guns. So, like, are they are we saving money on this? Like, it's the fun house itself. There's, like, bad cardboard yeah. cutout cars and stuff in there. It's, like, like duct tape holding stuff yeah. together. It's like a... It looks like a like a middle school production set, like you know, of like a stage play. Yeah, some little like red panels. But I love that in his funhouse lair, they did think about the uh, handicapped community because he does have stairs that can easily convert into ramps. <laughs> it which is, is yeah. really important nice, if it all of his every... guests need to get around if they're. <laughs> Every ADA requirement is met. Absolutely, yes. Full stop. every single one. That's a that's a quick slide down a wheelchair, but you can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That man does it in in flats. Uh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> he does it to... in Adidas sneakers. <laughs> uh, Adidas. And, and uh, can we talk about that blue tracksuit? Yeah. Oh, I mean, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that feels like a Christopher that, like... Lee choice. I hate that that would be very in now. Like, I hate that, like, if I saw a dude wearing that in Brooklyn, like, I'd be like, I wouldn't, I would say to myself, I can't pull that off, but that guy is probably pulling it off. I I feel like I kind of like the tracksuit. I might consider getting one. It looks very comfortable. I get it. He's, he wants the Lee, lounge. Christopher Lee looked comfortable in the, through the entire movie. Like, yeah. every one of his costumes looked luxuriously like lounge worthy bonds in his stuffy suit the whole time and tie he looks like a bozo get a tracksuit <laughs> yeah. dude <laughs> it's hot it's hot and it's humid like scaramanga the whole time is just in like loose cotton it's great like that dude that dude's wicked smart yeah and also loves his island like oh my god the entire the entire movie he is like deadpan serious i'm an assassin yeah. the minute bond gets there he's like i am so glad you came like oh my god yeah. let me show you everything like it is Susie just like the homemaker. complete yeah it's like the complete <laughs> reversal from what you would expect out of christopher lee and it is it was actually charming i loved it yeah that's the thing. I, like I actually being... think he does a good job. Like, I think he's yeah. really oh, yeah. decent in this movie, and everyone else is really phoning it in. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, uh, he doesn't have a lot of material to work with, so it's hard to say he's good. He does a really good job with the material he's given. I don't it, disagree. It's a very poorly written movie, so, like, he can only be so good. What are you talking about? You're talking about this movie that takes place in Thailand, but somehow introduces J.W. Pepper is poorly written? <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh so wait, Mike, actually, David. <laughs> Mike, David. yeah, yeah. David, is that, do you, okay? Is that have, someone from another Bond movie? Yes, it has yes. to be. Please tell me it has to be, because I oh forgot, dear Jesus! I geez. forgot that you probably right, that you probably wouldn't have known him. Yeah, I, I'm hoping everyone here can see my face through the audio that we're going, but I almost had a meltdown remembering that character. Oh, J.W. Oh, Pepper, you was, beautiful yeah. motherfucker. I, I yeah. watched this with my wife, and we both just turned to each other and was like, did <laughs> did we flip over to another movie? Like, yeah. <laughs> straight up. Look, J.W. Pepper is the real deal. He's 100% American-made. And that's Are what you, Bond needed at this point. He, Arguably the one person that oh. should have an excess of Tabasco sauce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pepper he is just, in the name. 
he yeah, is so actively in the last movie he's in. He's actively racist, and then casually is like, "Hey, honey, pack the bags. We're going to Thailand." <laughs> oh God, because I, I thought for a second it was like maybe like the Felix character, like the the one American guy <laughs> who like. I was expecting to be like, you thought it was me this whole time, blow. And I was like, nope, this is just a wild <laughs> character to introduce. So he no. was in the other Moore movie. Yeah. So in the last movie, Live and Let Die, uh, the the guy who directed you know these three movies in a row, uh, Guy Hamilton, said that uh, on his honeymoon in the American South, he got pulled over by a fat racist police officer. And he just thought it was so funny that he wanted to write a character like that and put him into Bond. Uh, so they did, and that's Clifton James in the last movie, who is super racist against black people and in Live and Let Die, mm. and uh, just you know calling them boy and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Dave, apparently, people fifty years ago thought that was hilarious. Yeah. David, I just would like to point out that in Live and Let Die, Felix Leiter does appear, and they cast like a young, hip, cool Felix Leiter that you think is like a he's like pretty friendly with Bond, like oh, this guy might come around a little bit. And then they're just like, no. They're like, no, not a chance. We're giving you this yeah. guy. You, they're you like, get we, W. Pepper, and you'll like it. We ran the focus groups. People yeah. were not into Felix. People love the Pepper. People love Pepper. People, People are screaming for more Pepper. Yeah, did and you guys see the three Pepper spinoff movies they made? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, David, does anywhere in your mind Roger Moore like driving a boat? Is, is, is that like a thing from your childhood at all? Um, no, because that, that is it, that yeah. is the previous movie. That is the one before. Is is there's a lot of more driving boats. It's the uh, it's also the like the oh, the well, black exploitation have... one, as we were saying. Sure, I I mean I I have just a lot of imagery of a quote James Bond driving a boat, and it could have been from yeah. that. Just but I just think I anyone. mostly just put in Sean Connery whenever I think of a James Bond kind of moment. <laughs> Yeah, he, he drives a boat in From Russia with Love. That could be what you're thinking about. Yeah, maybe. That's a pretty oh, famous he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this one was the one with with where where with Yafet Koto and a lot of it is like is like very much trying to steal from from like Shaft and other black exploitation movies sure. of the time. But then they do still cast Jane Seymour as the as the psychic slash love interest. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, and then yeah, uh, Sheriff Sheriff Pepper is has you think he's in a lot of this movie? <laughs> that 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 oh, dude no. has more lines than I think Solitaire does in the last movie. Like he might he, act, he might have more dialogue than anyone but Bond. Pepper that is had more dialogue than Christopher Lee in this movie. Yeah, had to have <laughs> at least by words. <laughs> God, I forgot. Should, it must have been wild for done the word count on that. Up. <laughs> it, should, it must have been wild for you watching this like some dude show up on a boat. And you're like, why is this movie spending so much time with this guy? <laughs> Meanwhile, audiences in the 70s were fucking standing ovation. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Pepper's back. Also, I don't want to dwell yeah. too much on Pepper, but his mouth is disgusting. It's it is <laughs> one of the most heinous mouths I've ever seen on a screen where it's like, I'm pretty sure he's chewing tobacco, but oh, he can never yeah. be too sure until his, he just finally does that, that huge fucking spit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of tobacco. He has a plug the size of Louisiana in his mouth at all I, I thought it was a prosthetic. Like, it's, he like IMDb saw Marlon Brando be like, this is how you get the yeah. Godfather, by stuffing in fucking cotton balls. He's like, I'm going to do the same thing. His IMDb, his IMDb picture is literally him as Pepper, gun drawn, mouth wide open. Yeah. 
it, it, okay, if you've ever seen Superman 2, uh, he is not named in that movie, but he's playing J.W. Pepper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, yeah, because when Bond comes into the dealership, and for some reason, he's shopping for a car in, in Thailand. Um, Why not? That, that could be, like, any scene in a Roger Moore movie where it's just some random character for, like, 30 seconds but then he, then he's a part of the movie yeah who's like in a car usually most of the time <laughs> yeah like like mrs bell in in uh live and let die yeah, exactly yeah and then there's the guy that uh in uh wait is it for your eyes only where there's or octopusy with the french guy or maybe it's a view to a kill Oh, uh, my car. Yeah, my car. <laughs> yeah, that that's guy, a video like, kill. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is yeah, stuff that like happens. My car guy. <laughs> yeah, that's like a reoccurring motif yeah, yeah. in the more movies. It's like when some guys he just doesn't doesn't uh, like uh, I better just drink my wine guy start in the Roger Moore films. Yeah, that's that's that I after? think Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, and For Your Eyes Only. Yeah, who yeah, always thinks that. <laughs> yeah, there's a dude who always thinks that James Bond's chase is going to to end with his wine spilling so he's just gotta drink more of his wine and that, oh i also what... i think he also always looks at the wine like did i just see someone ski on a table right. or am i just day drunk off of two bottles sure. of red yeah. wine at 2 p.m <laughs> what we're really trying to say is that kevin feige really owes <laughs> the roger moore bonds for the entire idea of, of the marvel cinematic universe <laughs> yeah that's the point i'd like to make because we have well, the pepper, it's... we have the pepperverse and the the wine guyverse <laughs> yeah. first. But but think about this: Pepper, the Bond universe and the Superman universe are connected because Pepper's exists in both. Uh, true. Yeah. That's, How great would it be if it's true? If Jimmy Olsen just appeared in Octopussy, it, it would be amazing. So the Roger Moore and Christopher Reeves Superman Bond movies—they're in the same universe. Yeah. They're currently happening together in this timeline. Uh, Which, the, the writers were uh, like too lazy to to like initially create a good reason for for J.W. Pepper to be in this, so they asked the actor Clifton James like, "Why don't you think about a reason you'd be in Thailand?" And he came up with um, taking Boy Scouts on a trip, and they eventually <laughs> were like, "No, I guess you're just on vacation." I am oh taking my. Boy Scouts to Thailand. Is you get arrested for before the sentence is finished. That sentence, like <laughs> that, has sex trafficking painted I on mean, it in big red letters. But that guy whisking away a bunch of Boy Scouts is the only thing that actually makes sense to me. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you look at that guy. Yeah, he's getting these Boy Scouts as far away from their parents as possible. That dude, his wife is there with him, and she's having a terrible time on this quote-unquote vacation. Well, she um, just wanted that little elephant statue, right? That's her yeah, whole thing? Yeah, she did. That's her whole thing. I think the she's fine. little elephant. I think she's fine with it. I think um, she probably likes that he just happens to go off on this like random adventure with Bond, and she doesn't have to deal with him for she, yeah, you know half a she day. Really likes, she really likes that he has a hobby, is what she tells yeah. her friends. Well, I also, you can tell their relationship is kind of on the rocks because when that elephant went rooting through his pants near his dick, he let it be there for way too long. Oh, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, like that, was, that was the vacation part for him. <laughs> he originally wanted to go to Thailand just by himself. Yeah. <laughs> With a bunch of Boy Scouts. <laughs> Max, you, you had a line when we... Uh, 
did this earlier this year about how the uh, the word duel is uh, tossed around real liberally in this movie. What uh, uh, what defines <laughs> could could World War One have been called a duel by Scaramanga? Yes, <laughs> yeah. by by this man's loose definition <laughs> yeah. of the concept of a duel, where he's just like a duel very clearly is when two men. <laughs> are fighting or more and then they die and at some point there are there are mirrors and at some point there's a midget <laughs> just yeah i the, like, I my mean, favorite all things could be in world war ii for sure <laughs> my favorite no tools include the trenches of world war one tiananmen square yep and yes and the mirrors of <laughs> the isle of scaramanga <laughs> Yeah, it's a, you know, a true gentleman uh, paces and counts to 10 and then runs and hides in his little fun house with his uh, uh, manservant operating the uh, the here's, animatronic here's Pirates the of the Caribbean. Part. Here's the even worse part is that when, tell me if I'm wrong, the implication to me from the very first one, from the first time that, that, that fucking Joe, Joe New York comes to kill Scaramanga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the walking, third best assassin yeah, in the mob. The walking, the walking epitome of the Times Square Sabaro shows up on shows up on screen. Uh, when when that dude comes to play, it feels to me like Scaramanga isn't Scaramanga said to Nick Knack like hire dudes whenever you want, and we'll use it to test my skill, and so that is why, like. They, it, it is run in that way um, like the, the, the dude has to sort of like kill Scaramanga and Scaramanga doesn't have a gun Scaramanga has to like do it himself which is why Nick Knack when, when Scaramanga tries to go for the closet of guns Nick Knack does the like ah 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 not so easy this time this is actually the thing I liked about the movie though like I thought that was a really fun twist this guy is so good he hired like he's the only people he knows like he's like you can have it all if you get someone to kill me <laughs> that's, that's and you what can I like. use yes. anything in the fucking playbook but that's what I'm how saying, good I am what like, I'm saying is that that he, was great it's like the most dangerous game in reverse it, what, I'm, yeah. what I'm saying <laughs> is that inherently when when he tried to do it with Bond it ends up being the opposite because then Scaramanga is no longer having being hunted he's just hiding with a gun. Like, he just yeah. took the entire concept and just threw it out the window. Yeah. yeah. And Nick Knack could have been way more helpful to Bond if that were really Valid. the case. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah, if he really wanted that stuff to happen, I, I was thinking, like, if if Bond kills Scaramanga at the end and the island doesn't blow up and Nick Knack doesn't stow away on the, the getaway barge. Oh, uh, Ooh, gotta Nick talk Knack, about that. Jesus. So Nick Knack ke- keeps the island... Assuming he survives, you know, the initial month or two of, of partying and just scarface amounts of cocaine, uh, I, I'm thinking Nick Knack turns the, the island of the funhouse into kind of a battle royale squid game type of scenario. One you know, thousand get, get a black market, mm-hmm. get get rich evil people to to bet on on quote unquote duels in the funhouse. Yeah. He's gonna have to have some way to pay the property taxes. <laughs> yeah. He's no longer employed. Yeah, his his deal with the the whatever government that Scaramanga has expires with, with yeah. Scaramanga's life. <laughs> Although we truly don't know how good of an assassin Nick Knack is. Sure we Maybe do. He, sure yeah. we do. He tried to kill uh, the greatest spy oh, in the do. world right. with an oyster knife. He's he's a fucking terrible assassin. <laughs> 
in oyster. Okay, hold on. And, we, and we empty spend, bottles of wine. We should spend a lot of time on that scene. But the wildest thing about that was how he took the supposedly sharp knife and put it in his mouth. up and down into his mouth, which is like if you wanted yeah, to insert any sort of danger into how bad is this knife and how dangerous is it. It completely diffused second one the best of that. Part yeah. is that as we just Not said, when he's sucking on it for five minutes. As yeah. we just said, they set up a literal Chekhov's gun in the closet of guns at Scaramanga's house. <laughs> he could have grabbed any one of them. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Scaramanga's uh, funhouse, did you notice how the, the cowboy that comes out shooting is just Roger Moore and like a mustache and cowboy hat? Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I uh, thought that, but I thought I was wrong. And that fucking Joey, <laughs> Joey Two Tones apologizes to Al Capone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, he's the eighth best. Assassin in Paramus, New Jersey. Okay, he's yeah. got deep ties. <laughs> when when they uh, when Bond and Scaramanga meet uh, in the like boxing match, and Scaramanga's like, "I don't even care about you. Like, I don't think about you at all, Mister Bond." And I was like, "There's a mannequin that begs to differ with that." <laughs> Always playing the mind game, Scaramanga. We make yes. fun of people. They, like we make fun of people now for having body pillows. That man has a full Madame Tussauds. <laughs> Of, of, it would have of been him. so. Yeah, that is just Roger Moore not able to stand still for five seconds while oh they're shooting god. him. Oh it my been god! Oh my god! So and cool. They pan over him and he cannot stand still for three <laughs> seconds. Yeah, and it's and it is like did did the seven million dollar budget not cover the House of Wax? Like, could we not get a couple of those? <laughs> it would have been really cool if at the end of the movie Roger Moore saw his own wax double there and he's like, Aw, you do care. <laughs> and then they become like really good friends. Yeah. Like, That's the thing. I actually <laughs> honestly think that, that this movie is seeing as we just watched the last uh uh Daniel Craig movie, I think that if if there were, if you were going to remake a movie in the Daniel Craig style, this is the one that they would choose. I don't think they're right. But this movie, if you if you Daniel Craig it, makes perfect freaking sense. Where it's just like yeah, you have a movie. you have a, a yeah. role a role for a uh, a recent uh, Oscar winner, which we know they love to do a bad guy as like a great actor. Um, anyway, who's just gonna have a crazy <laughs> accent and a weird physical deformity? Um, and then yeah. the entire plot is going to not really matter or be about anything except for Daniel yep. Craig and this villain. And then halfway through, Roger Moore uh, uh, ends up b- getting the permission from uh, M to leave and essentially is like, we can just keep it secret. In the Daniel Craig movie, they would be like, Daniel Craig, you can't do this. And he'd be like, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Which is not kind of like Skyfall, be- right? Yeah. It, yes. That might be the yes. most brilliant thing you've ever said on this podcast, it is Max. The, it's, it's, I've never thought of it. That's brilliant. It's also You're the new one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Daniel Craig Bond movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, like it, from 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 like head to tail, this this thing runs like again. Change the modernize the script, modernize some of the stuff. The women yep. would be better characters, but literally the actual bones of it. Is such a modern Daniel Craig Bond in the ways that the the the, the Craig Bonds are not good. 
Um, I yes. would like to keep Bond giving a sumo wrestler a wedgie, because I think that that always plays. Would you take as a substitute Bond throwing a guy to be eaten by a Komodo dragon? It's <laughs> as a, as a good substitute yeah, yeah. for that. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's it. Close. I mean, we're in the same ballpark. Yeah, yeah we're here. doing it. <laughs> Komodo dragons don't eat people. <laughs> they, they've never so eaten. Uh, a Komodo dragon is like the size of like a large dog. They don't like kill people instantly and like drag them under into like weird black dark spaces instantly. It's not a freaking alligator or crocodile. It's a Komodo dragon. I know. Well, I well, just thought it was Skyfall. a dragon. That's yes. Yeah, maybe so. They, they, like... they just yeah, they were like you have me a dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, stop, stop, stop. They're like no more. Don't don't do more. Um yeah, no, they just, ba- just bad, just, just, just uh, 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 this movie is not good in so many ways. <laughs> um, I think another thing that's that's happening here, uh, you know, they're they're rushing this movie. They probably don't have enough money, uh, and Harry Saltzman, who's who's the main one in charge of, or wait, no, he's not the main one. I think this is more of a broccoli movie. Harry Saltzman is like about to, I was gonna say, to he's to leaving. cash out of the series with his, his yeah. debts. Yeah. He's literally cashing um, out as they're filming this movie. I, I was just reading about it on, on Wikipedia. Huh. He, um, when they get to, but he's still, he's still around enough to like cause major fuck ups with the production. Like he, they get to Thailand uh, and he sees elephants um, like log being used for, for uh, moving logs. Uh, and he's like, Oh, we should, we should do an elephant stampede in this movie. That'll be great. He basically doesn't tell anyone. Someone just tells him if you if you do that, the elephants have to wear uh, leather shoes. They don't mess up their feet. So he buys uh, fifty pairs of of elephant shoes. <laughs> doesn't tell anyone. The United Artists decides that's going to be too dangerous uh, a sequence to shoot. And just in the middle of filming in in Bangkok. Uh, they just get a delivery, 200 elephant shoes. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you have to pay for these now. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I will say, though, that that did lead to my favorite Hemingway poem, which is 50 elephant shoes uh, for sale, never, never worn. worn. <laughs> 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 That's well done. <laughs> It's been misquoted a lot. Yeah, you know, history is <laughs> unkind to the to the greats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if we're going in any sort of special linear fashion, but before I forget, I wanted to say one of the coolest parts of this movie was the actual stunt they did with the car doing a full oh, yeah. barrel roll. Yeah. And then they put a slide whistle oh, to know. it. Was was I this this movie has a lot of decisions made. This yeah. this movie in the editing process is like we're going to put mirrors everywhere, we're going to do this. It's like they're going to mash up eight movies and then they're like but we have that one really cool stunt. Yeah. And someone was like I don't think I don't think the audience will understand what happens unless we go dude even, dude, even like, when they're uh, when he's fighting what? with Knickknack at the end, if you listen to the music, it it literally just goes boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yes, yeah. Boom. It's yeah, it's the Monty Python dum 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 and as useless as possible. <laughs> the music and and here's the problem: some of the main themes, as per usual, are really great because it's it's what's it's Barry and he's and and like yeah, John Barry. It's yeah. John Barry still, 
But then a lot of it, it also feels like John Barry very much knew the assignment. And the assignment was make a Bond movie quickly and and get it out <laughs> mm-hmm. for that great, yeah. great uh, uh, House of Art United Artists that's totally still a company now, right? <laughs> They're just uh, not artists anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just United Airlines, yeah. actually. they got to do a different exactly. game. No they're, longer artists, but still they, very together. Well, they started yeah. They started with the car plane, and they're like, why don't we just get into what? planes, guys? Yeah. We're doing such a yeah, bad job with this. <laughs> also, uh, the I will say that all the, like, Q is more than, more than useless in this whole movie, and also has yeah. some of his worst Q-ness in it yeah um you also like you start to feel his age a lot all in in this one um where like yeah this good oh no yeah i was gonna make a different point uh, oh Q- then Q's i will age. i will continue very very, very briefly <laughs> on the idea that on the idea that that uh two scientists look at some gold that has been in a woman's yeah. belly button and then in a human being, and they're like, there's nickel in it, so it must be from India. And they're like, no, you fucking idiot. There's some nickel in it, so it must be so it must be from somewhere else. Which he had to confirm by looking again in the yes. like microscope, being like, they're really figuring this out on the fly just by looking at, like, yeah, that was wild. And then there's a point later in the movie where the the the, the car plane happens and and uh, Bond is talking to M and and he's like, "What do you mean it's a, a car plane?" And Q's like, "You know, we've been working on one." And M's like, "Fuck <laughs> off!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He says, "Shut the fuck up, Q. You fucking snake." He's like, "Oh, <laughs> well, my bad." Did Q give him anything in this movie special uh, other than bad think... information? Bond really has a. A gadget. No. Uh, all, all Q does for Bond is wash off a bullet that Bond poops out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I don't think there's any gadget. This was also in the time period where they were trying to move. They thought they were trying to move away from gadgets. Like, there's not a whole lot Bond of gadgets. Bond flies a plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, the villain has all the gadgets in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Bond flies a plane that's not a car. I mean, I guess that Ooh. he flies a regular, like... I think that's a real plane, though. Seaplane, yeah. Okay, can I can Sorry. I have one thing? Uh, speaking of Chekhov's gun, but not really. I thought, by the way, the scene, like the the actual like set design of the Queen Elizabeth sunk, where oh, like yeah. everything is askew, is awesome. Yeah, like, really fun. That yeah. was one of the cooler sets I've seen in just movies in general. But when they walk by, just like going through all the corridors, you see them pulling up a Chinese uh, airplane that was, like, downed in the yes. water. And I was like, oh, this is how Bond is going to get into the island oh, under Chinese shit. airspace. And they're like, nope, just a plane. That's, that's, <laughs> that's just going to fly kind of low. I was like, oh, this is a really cool idea. They, like, set this up. And I was smart enough to remember, not the producers <laughs> <laughs> or the writers. <laughs> Yeah, the I think a lot of the producers and writers was also like, well, the black exploitation uh, thing worked out last time. Let's see, kung fu movies are kind of big right now. Can can we work Seriously. that in? All the stuff at the dojo. One is where I fell asleep when I was doing my rewatch on this, and two, <laughs> it's not can, good. Can be could have been cut from the movie. All of it. 
I remember yeah. watching this as a kid and seeing the like twelve year old kid like murder another child in the like the martial arts ring with the sword and just being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> like... The uh, it's I will say that this really movie bad scene. Uh, what I the if this movie gave us anything though, it is the majority of of. Uh, not the majority. If it gave us anything, it is a whole bunch of great stuff that ends up in Austin Powers. Because, like, yes, Austin sure. Powers totally. wholesale pulls so much shit from this one in particular. Yeah. Chew me. Exactly. <laughs> um, just... But, I, like, go... Go ahead. Going back to, like, the kung fu thing, like, even, even like, the funhouse part of, like, Scaramanga's or whatever, like his like murder lair, it just felt so Enter the Dragon, like everything with yeah, kung yeah. fu and with like all the mirrors. It was like, yeah, it, that too. It, it felt like they're like, we need to do this, <laughs> and poorly. It's like it's what started to happen in that era, and we talk about it in the in the the uh, the like it, it it happens to almost all of Roger Moore's first three or four. Where it feels like they they just don't have faith in Bond standing on on his own. Um, like mm. it, it always has yeah. to be Bond yeah. plus. Which again, and I I hate that I'm going to start making this point. I think that the er, that the first three Roger Moore movies and and the Daniel Craig movies, are, like are pretty parallel in a sort of repeating history way. Where like how often when we were talking about the first Daniel Craig movies were we saying this is just um uh. Uh, a Bourne movie, and then this is just a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Like... Mm. No. Uh, there... Yeah. It's so crazy how many parallels there are to Moore and Craig that, like, no one would ever think of. But their their <laughs> tenures are very, very similar. They're, they're also, too... They're guys that, like, probably did it for way too long because for some reason the franchise was in such like weird condition yeah, they didn't want to get rid of on. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I I I You would never Yeah. I the like I I was that. as I was watching it I was starting to think about that where I was just starting to think that like Daniel Craig and Roger Moore obviously the way that they play the character a thousand like shades different but the actual at the films that they find themselves in and the situations they find themselves in, I think are incredibly similar. Um, and then it even fits in, it even fits in like a timeline thing where it's like history obviously repeats itself. Um, which then would mean that our next bond is going to be, um, my, my wonderful handsome boyfriend. Um, Timothy, Mr. Timothy, Mr. Timothy Dalton. <laughs> and I would, I would kill to get just two, sort of one pretty good and one pretty weird James Bond movie with a person that I adore. So So who is yeah. the modern day Timothy Dalton? It's still Timothy Dalton. <laughs> they just they just cast still Timothy Dalton as as a very They do James the Bond. Marvel de aging. Yes. Yeah, we do yes. an Irishman uh, kind of scenario. Um I would pay I would see that movie in IMAX twice is what I'm saying. Um not three times. Because I'm busy. Look, I feel like if Tom Hardy gets cast as Tim, as uh, James <gasps> Bond, you're probably looking at some oh my Timothy Dalton. God, movies, you're right. To be totally oh honest. my God, you're right. Yeah, just oh. with a way weirder voice. And, yeah. Well, and some sort no of mask over his face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah Tom Hardy's going to insist the movie take place during COVID and James Bond have a face mask yeah. at all times. <laughs> yeah. You know he's going to do that so he can just record all of his all of his shit in post. 
Yeah. I have a, I have, I won't tell it on the bo- on the pod, but I have a story about about him and and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Huh. But uh, the uh, um, yeah, the the setting of this movie, I get that Bond always wants to be in fun, cool foreign settings, but it does feel like they sort of waste, um, they waste the the countries they're in, um, in this one. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't particularly make you feel like Thailand is a cool, fun place that's like you, you're dreaming to go to, mm-hmm. which is what they typically do in the Bond yeah. movies. Yeah, and neither like the China parts either. Like, Macau looked scary. <laughs> yeah, that just looks yeah. like a hellhole. <laughs> like, I never want to go there. <laughs> yeah, it's, Other this than... one... It... <laughs> and, and, and we've got two in a row with this and Live and Let Die where it's like Bond for once is like, not in the south of france or something he's like walking around kind of like seedier parts of like cities that it's just a weird weird contrast with most of the series look i think it's hard to like kind of probably imagine how bad jw pepper makes thailand look for you but (laughs) i think let's not blame thailand and the cinematography the locations and what they choose it's probably a lot of jw pepper he makes me really not want to go to Thailand. <laughs> so what? One of the things that that makes maybe the story beat that makes the least amount of sense in this movie, Bond just gets left behind by his his like uh, sidekick who has the like uh, schoolgirl yeah. nieces or whatever. Like yeah. he just drives off. Yeah. So that there can be a boat chase, but not not explained why he he thought that was a good idea. Nope. I. I want to talk for a minute, at least, about <laughs> the what ends up being the the thrust of this of this uh, this movie when it comes to like why what is Bond preventing or saving um, the energy crisis. The idea of doing <laughs> yeah. an energy crisis one like this isn't the first time, right? That they had done one of those, or it, or I think it it kind of is. Oh, I got it. Oh my god. Oh my God, Daniel Craig, Roger Moore, second movie is is way worse than the first, and it's about energy crisis. No, yeah, no. Someone on someone online has already written a great article about this, and like Wait, we're just is discovering. That, is it. that Quantum of Solace? Yes, yes. Is that about water? It's about that's the only thing I remember. There's water in it. It's about yeah. It's about saying that water is more valuable than oil. It's yeah. Is the message of that movie. Yeah, it is saying <sighs> it is essentially saying that the next sort of like bid for for power that people are going yeah. to do is purchasing water rights, um, which is Let's not this which is it's not a, wrong. Oh, so yeah, Chinatown. It's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's about a resource that's possibly harder to find. Yeah. Um, if the bad guy succeeds. Yeah, but in- it's Chinatown, and it's doing a thing. The plot of Quantum is just something that actually happened in Bolivia, which yes. makes it one of the most boring Bond plots of all time. <laughs> it's really boring. It, it, it it's just it, he, Bond is literally fighting the Coca Cola company, which is like yeah. boring to watch. Um, but no, I was saying that in this one, he, there, the story could have just been that Scaramanga sort of wandered into this business idea where he was going to be able to kill a guy to get the the sort of answer to solar power uh instead right at the just 11th hour they had to be like oh did i mention 
laser cannon. Mm. He literally says, <laughs> the power of the sun. He literally refers to it as like a, a throw in, as a freebie. And yeah. the movie treats it the same fucking <laughs> yeah. way. Well, that's that whole thing where Scaramanga's like, check out my science lab, but I'm no scientist. I like, I don't, I don't understand. Aggressively this. no scientist. <laughs> Bond and I don't even on... have a scientist on staff. I just have this guard I just have here. This guy. <laughs> I just have this guy that keeps fondling the buttons. Yeah. He rapes as well as he manages energy. Yeah. Let me tell you. you know, look, once every year or two, I get a British spy over here to explain to me how my solar lab works. But other than that, I'm in the dark. The amount of times that Bond would be like, the 58 is 93 degree degrees. And he'd be like, if you say... <laughs> Yeah, he's <laughs> like, whatever the fuck, man. <laughs> That's what they Sounds tell me. Sounds good enough to me. He's like, I kill people so well. I didn't have to learn anything else. I don't know how to write or read. Yes, it's, it's really too bad that uh, Christopher Lee uh, has to die before he can see that the guy, uh, the guard falls in and causes the whole place to blow. Because it'd be great to have Scaramanga there for a, oh, that's what happens? Shit. <laughs> It, it literally feels like the rich guy who has a ton of art in his house and yeah. you bring an oh. art appreciator in who's just like, he's like, oh, and I love the colors on this one. It's like, my, my man, that is, that is a Rembrandt. <laughs> like, that is an amazing piece where it's like, ah, yeah, so what, do you think it should go in the coffee table room? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? If you say, I don't, I don't know. I just Dude have a paints. room only with coffee tables, by the way. <laughs> Dude paints pretty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, remember how in, in Dr. No, there's a shot where there's a, a famous painting that was actually stolen a couple yes. of years before, where there's a joke where uh, Dr. No has this painting like in his living room. I feel like Scaramanga's <laughs> equivalent of that would be like, have you ever ridden on the Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland, Mr. Bond? <laughs> like, we, we stole half the animatronic people yeah. and put them in here. Wait, like, yeah. pretty cool, huh? We stole the woman who's, who, uh, whose husband is being dunked in the well. Couldn't get the husband, but she's here. Yeah. We got who the dog with the keys. We couldn't get the guys whistling for it. We got, we, not even, like, Disneyland. It was, like, Knott's Berry Farm yeah. was where he did his, yeah. like, big... Big yeah. amusement park heist. Yeah. I also, I'd like Who to think that... Who did Scaramanga hire to make the animatronics? Nick, no, Could you imagine? no, that's the thing. That's the thing, <laughs> is that there's a very boring movie that's that's even more boring before this movie where Scaramanga secretly befriends and then murders a, a carnival worker, like a man who owns carnivals, to inherit his carnival company, the same way that he inherits yeah. uh, the solar company. Because Scaramanga doesn't know how to buy things. Again, he cannot read or write, only kill people. <laughs> what, what he does know is that if you kill someone and then you take their stuff and you say, I inherited it, no one asks questions. <laughs> There's no such thing as wills. That's all yes. made up. It's all bullshit. He says, uh, now you see, I've inherited it. I killed him and now it is mine. No, he says, I guess I'm now chairman of the board. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, which like, which is the thing someone would say when they don't know how business yes. works, but heard words about <laughs> yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's a science idiot and a business idiot, <laughs> Scaramanga. Uh, yeah, so he kills High Fat and immediately assumes, like, I guess I own his organization now because I murdered him. Uh, and the guy 
who he says like throw his his body in the the mausoleum uh just looks at him like okay i guess that's how we do things here yeah which china uh, would totally so... be okay with <laughs> yeah so it's i think sort of a cyclops no time to die situation where his yeah. boss dies and he's just like to the person that killed him he's like oh, okay yeah you're my boss now yeah i i work for you so on that logic, James Bond has a, a small Chinese army uh, at, at his hands he now. He owns a solar company right now, James Bond. I think we, we should bring them back still in the next movie. He did destroy all of his important assets, though. Well, that's true. <laughs> or should I say good night? Destroyed all of the important <laughs> assets by trying to protect herself. Yo, I forgot what it is, but good night gets a Bond, a Bond kill quip. Um before bond calls oh, her a uh, stupid idiot um <laughs> he, when she kill bond is like we have to find there's another guy there's like another guy around and she says something um that, that like is a bond uh a bondism and then and then bond is like you do, and then bond is literally like literally like points to a sign and is like do you not know how to fucking read uh, about like the <laughs> yeah. about like making shit cold um, what, what, what does she say? She doesn't say she put him on ice, but it's like it's a similar like Bondian level of, of um sure, quote. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find it while oh, other man. people talk. Um, yeah, to talk about the, I'll, we can talk about the women for a minute. I I found a quote by Guy Hamilton, the director of this movie, uh, in an interview in 1975, the year after this came out. He said, uh, one of the tragedies in life is that men motivate things. James Bond is a motivator. He goes to point A, and if he meets a girl on the way, she is to be used for the situation, his mission. It's very difficult to write a good Bond ladies part because they're there as part of the scenery. We try very hard to give them character. Ah. I think it's high time that James Bond met women's lib, and don't think we haven't been playing around in that area. Wow. Well, wow. You wouldn't know it from this minute. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. He had a similar statement about little people. Playing around. Um, yeah. <laughs> we really, yeah, we really want to show small people a lot of respect in this movie. And we do. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that, uh, that adds up. By uh, letting them exist. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Maude Adams is, as I think, Andrea Anders, the the girlfriend. Um, you know, she she's a good actress. I think she's she does what she can in this movie. Tragic character uh, who just gets used by everyone, including Bond, uh, then dies, and no one seems to care. Yep. It's it's really yeah. sad if you think about just her journey oh, through this movie. Dude, yeah. uh, half her scenes start with her in bed, like literally a kept yeah. a kept woman. Like it is. I would I I think it might be one of the saddest uh like Bond girl sort of existences. Um, oh yeah, 100%. And then Goodnight who's an idiot who would die in real life in like half a second just lives through the whole thing. Yeah. I found it by the way. Uh, clearly if you're just I found her line is that Bond is like we still have to find the maintenance guy and she says I took care of it. I laid him out cold. Ah. <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's not the worst Bond girl. Uh, and then, and then uh, a half a second later, because I have the movie up and he's about to say it, he's about to get real mad at her, uh, is that he then runs in, sees all the, the, the liquid nitrogen, um, 
and then he's like, he's like, where did you, uh, where'd you do it again? She's like, oh, right in there. And then he goes, don't you believe in signs? Points to the signs and it. runs. Oh my god, that was an amazingly horrible line. He's like, he's like, oh. Um, it's so. It's not. Don't you know science? It's don't you believe in? Don't you science? believe in science? Don't. It could have been anything. It could have been. Don't Wait, you. So is it science or science? Signs. Signs. Okay. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah. she said science. <laughs> nope. He says. Don't, or he said yeah. science. He says, "Don't you believe in signs?" And yeah. then it pans up to a sign that says. It says like, "Yeah, don't mess with the temperature." It says or uh, like that the temperature, like, oh. the temperature cannot rise above zero degrees. This movie. Okay, that makes more sense, but I like my line way more. <laughs> this movie does just... uh, some of the worst, dumbest. Uh, James Bond is a master of everything. Flexes. Where, like, yeah. Bond says a lot of science at the end of this movie. And, like, I get that that is what the, these versions of Bond always did. But, man, there's a lot of it in this one. I can I can picture Timothy Dalton's Bond, like, just reading the fuck up on, like, the Solix agitator and how it works, like, on the airplane or something. I don't think Roger Moore's James Bond is doing that. Well, you also God, have no. to remember, probably in a deleted scene... This was his assignment before he was taken <laughs> off of it. So we actually probably did know a little bit about the solar energy stuff yeah. since he was like trying to find the guy who had that thing, but that does not translate at all. No, I mean this is just a... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> this is the movie with, that starts with Bond coming in and oh, what can you tell me about a man called Scaramanga? He's like, "Hmm, I'm not Oh yeah, the man with the golden gun. He was born in the circus yeah. in 19 <laughs> and you're just like Okay. Uh, as M is like, I guess we won't have this fucking meeting then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like you can just say yes, Bond. I don't need his fucking Wikipedia. I, I also, I have a dossier right here, Bond. I don't need yeah. you to tell me. Okay. Can we also talk about how, uh, the uh, Anderson is that her name? Uh, the the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Her big or plan. A was sending a bullet with 007 on it instead of a note like she her 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 flex yeah. to get this going was so complicated and so obscured when obviously she just sent something and had the means to do so the the why she is so why she isn't just like this these are the exact geographical coordinates of the island <laughs> Please send in a paramilitary team to rescue me and kill Scaramanga. Also, there's a midget here, and he is a cordon bleu, and he loves wine. Yeah, she can she can help the British government to kill you know the the most dangerous assassin in the world. She's gonna get a nice you know witness protection set up. Like just yeah, send a note. The uh, I'd say that it's time to talk about. Knickknack in general, and then specifically yeah. the Nick the Knickknack scene. Uh, the the last scene. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, Let's yeah. talk about him as a as yeah. an actor as a character. Uh, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, Will, you have some bonkers stories about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Harry Belches, um, uh, too short, kind of sad life, but um, well, that's a bad lived a. a <laughs> Describing it as too short. Yeah, you want to rephrase oh. that? <laughs> yeah. 
Quick. Unless it's die, the name die, of the uh, not autobiography. <laughs> I... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, um, you know, r- rough childhood turned, uh, his dad apparently was giving him pills and trying to stretch him every night to, oh. to make him, oh, uh, regular size. Yeah. Um, but finds success, uh, in the seventies as, as an actor gets, uh, Fantasy Island, I think a few years after this. Right. And apparently just notorious ladies, man, <laughs> just out partying you know getting down every night knick um, knack Mott, Mott adams said uh of hervey villages he would spend nights out and come back in the morning with two girls on his arms and a cigar in his mouth and still be ready to go to work that day that's uh, just method acting in a bond film though that's a consummate <laughs> professional <laughs> so roger moore told the story uh, in an interview where he was saying you know talking about um Bay's, you know talking about his his game the whole time they're they're shooting in thailand and He's like, all right, Hervey, like, how many women have you been with since we've been on location here? And he's like, I don't know, 30? And he's like, all right, you know, that's good, but it doesn't count if you pay. And uh, Hervey Villages says, no, no, it it still counts because sometimes, even when I pay, I refuse. (laughs) Just. (laughs) Just. (laughs) I cannot wait. Tomorrow I'm going to go into my local grocery store. I'm going to pick up some grapes. I'm going to put them down. I'm going to pay for them, and I'm going to walk out. And people are going to be like, sir, don't you want? And I'm be like, no. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse these grapes. But they, and as I'm running out into the night, I'm going to scream, but they still count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's great. Like, un- unfortunately, the use of him was yeah. very unfortunate. Uh, in, in a way that it, it was, uh, I would say, very demoralizing to see. But the dude was compelling to watch on screen. Such like, a good, yeah. such a good uh, henchman. Like that dude is so good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a main character in our Henchman Island. Yeah. Uh, TV mm. show I was gonna say, David. So David, we, I, I legitimately think this is a, this is a hundred million dollar idea. Um, but we have we we came up jokingly with with an idea that now that Amazon owns all the bond rights, that Amazon should do a show that is set at the like the island that all of these henchmen are trained at. Because in the in the original in the in the early movies, there's a a, a place where where um, a bunch of assassins and shit are getting trained um, by Spectre, uh, and so assumedly mm-hmm. all of these henchmen who are all fanatics for their uh for their uh their masters or their whatever you call them um there has to be a place where all of them are getting all of their sort of martial training and all of them are getting their, totally. their like handyman training and so like you could have a show where knickknack and uh jaws and red uh from 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 Russia with love and mm-hmm. um who else more henchmen mayday Odd job. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, you got to go odd job for sure. Vargas yeah. from Thunderball. Yeah, Vargas, yes. Classic. Uh, what's the what's the Fra Fra Bluka that isn't Fra Bluka? Oh, uh, yeah, Rosa Kleb. Yeah, Rosa, Rosa Kleb. Kleb. She's like she's like a professor there. Point being, you yeah, do yeah, a whole was... show that's like them all training and like them them like going through all these crazy things to become henchmen out in the world. Uh, but like obviously. Love it. They're still, you know, like they're all trying to fucking kill each other and and eh, stuff like that. 
um, the whole time. <laughs> Point being, Knickknack would be in that, and he'd be badass. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. A Jaws Knickknack team up would be so cool. Ooh. The size difference would be insane. You also have the most talkative and the least talkative um, henchman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what uh? What cars are we doing in this movie? Is that a Mustang? Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're still. Yeah, we're deep in American cars for the these Bond years. Yeah, all the Guy Hamilton movies are big on American cars. Which, which was the one where they're in Vegas? That's, that's, that's Di- or uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, that's which two is also movies a ago. Big Mustang. Movie. Same, same. Yeah, director. I was about to say that it yeah, felt was... like just the same car uh-huh. from yep. my memory. <laughs> and and these it, movies it pretty are... much is it's the same car yeah. <laughs> with a model that's like you know four years uh, newer. And these yeah. movies are coming out before Smokey and the Bandit, before Dukes of Hazards, doing this American car with like hillbilly sheriffs around chasing Bond and stuff, <laughs> yeah. spitting tobacco. Which all the car stuff s- still looks great. Yeah. Like whoever's oh, actually yeah. doing like the driving and all the choreography for that, like that that is still compelling to this day. And we have movies that are far superior in their technology to make great car scenes. You yeah, know. if you take the like the dialogue and the quote-unquote humor out of the car chase, yes. it's a good car chase. You can just say slide whistle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, wait. So that's that. The oh, we, we we enough we enough car talk. This is not NPR. I I derailed us, <laughs> but we have a we have a knickknack fight. We have a knickknack paddywhack. Give a bond uh, several bottles of wine to talk about. Oh yes, uh, that is fair. So the the end of the movie, uh, yeah, Nick Nack uh, jumps in while they're uh, about to have sex, um, and uh, throws some some empty wine bottles up on basically, yeah. <laughs> and hides under a couch. His and escapes and escapes into the bathroom <laughs> into the through, bathroom through a ventilation system, I guess. Maybe yeah, Scaramanga had them with, put with in. The last, yeah, or or we're continuing off of Live and Let Die with like just the the actual supernatural. Knickknack's got some, <laughs> some magic powers. Knickknack is Ooh. is Nightcrawler. Um, yeah, he his Knickknack's whole plan. Firstly, again, the love that you have yet another henchman who like, uh, clearly was lit, like ride or die for for his boss. He's ride or die for Scaramanga. Clearly. Um, mm. which I I dig. Other than wanting him dead, that's the thing. Is that is that that whole I think... that whole thing is a is a pl- that whole thing is Scaramanga is asking for that. Yeah, yes. he's he's 100%. teasing these guys. Um, and like now he he sneaks onto the boat. Firstly, this old Chinese like sailboat apparently has like interdeck areas. Like I don't know if you guys have ever been on a boat. But, like, there's not <laughs> ventilation shafts between fucking floors in a boat. Um, and then he, like, opens the thing, and, yeah, he sticks a knife in his mouth danger ways. Uh, but, again, it's not a real knife. It's an oyster-shucking knife because Guy Hamilton wanted to stick it to the little guy one more time. Seriously. Uh, like... I mean, if we're going with your opening scene oysters for the Tabasco... <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, it actually makes a lot of sense oh that he has God. an oyster knife. 
There's a definitely a deleted scene with oysters. So, yeah, there's definitely. I mean, we've really got gotten onto something with this whole oyster scenario. Why else would there uh, be in Tabasco? The Gun. Why else would there be Tabasco? Like, you put Tabasco in oysters. Yeah, pearl of an idea. Why else? Yeah. Why else would he put an oyster knife, an oyster shucking knife, in his mouth? Scary way. Yeah, and you then know? he jumps down, and Bond's Bond's really good spy sense is just to move a foot over because this is a small man. Well, he is was not gonna scary. throw good night anyways because that's Valid. what he does to women. That is what he does. To <laughs> it women. just happened to happen at the right time. And then he immediately, <laughs> instead of trying to do in yet another way that, that is insulting uh, to Nick Nack, instead of having an actual fight, Bond immediately is like, I'm going to break this chair and I'm going to get a, I'm going to poke and stick to like get rid of this pest. Oh no, yeah. but even worse than that, I forget, I forget how that scene, yes. or I just remembered how, how that scene ends. ends when he just puts him in some luggage. I know. Like, yeah. talk about sticking it to the little man. Oh, my God. That was that was He gets a yeah. piece of luggage, and he slowly would... approaches him, and he opens it. And if you watch closely, they clearly couldn't choreograph how to actually get this man into this luggage. So it looks like he goes in semi-willingly. Yes. Yeah. We, we also we hear Nick-Nack screaming, like, I'll kill you. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, in in voiceover as we see uh, an exterior of the ship and then some super American voice that's definitely not Roger Moore goes shut up you're right you're (laughs) dead right well did anyone else when they saw the scene of the back of the ship that you were just gonna see a blue luggage bag just tossed overboard (laughs) like not only was I horrified that they uh, put him in a small ish luggage that would barely fit him i was like and now they're gonna murder him like flat out (laughs) murder him in a a incredibly inhuman it is it is horrific to me that they firstly this movie already has had three false endings right it it has a false ending when they uh destroy the island it has a false ending when bond says we're gonna have sex and then they have a weird pan to him now coming out in a robe and you're like i guess they had sex but instead they just did a weird smash cut where Bond's like, now that I've showered, we can have sex. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. he gets rid of Knickknack. He heavily implies that he has killed Knickknack just in the luggage. Uh, and then he's like, let's get down to some boning. And then, again, false ending because there's the phone call with the really shitty yeah. goodnight, goodnight, goodnight gag. And then you get the pan out of of fucking knickknack once again thank you for the uh pirates of the caribbean memorabilia inside of a fucking wicker cage <laughs> where he is going to get sunstroke oh, and die yeah once again i saw this last night and there is so much going on that it is hard to remember like yes <laughs> that part where they put him in an actual cage oh my god which means that this movie ends six times yes yeah there's not many times in the, the Bond series where if James Bond had just shot someone with a PPK, they would be able to keep their dignity a lot more. But <laughs> this is one of those. Bond yeah. hates people, and he wants to make sure he robs yeah. them of all dignity. So yeah. the, the nicest he's... thing you can say about Bond, the character in this movie, is that he's kind of an equal opportunity asshole. He just treats everyone like <laughs> shit in this movie, and he's really pissed off. 
and it rubs off on M. He's being really mean too. Everyone's just mean to each other in this movie. <laughs> watching these old Bonds is kind of like going back and watching The Office again, and you're just kind of like, oh, Jim was mean. Like, Jim was really just a bully to someone who just kind of was a weird guy. <laughs> it was like, huh. Yeah, Roger yeah, Moore. this wasn't as cool as I remembered. Roger Moore just continuously, person. his version of cool just is not sort of cool anymore. So just, Roger Moore just continuously comes off as just sort of a mean guy. Look, yeah. there's, you know, a merry good night and then a lot of workplaces, I, I imagine. You don't have to condescend with them and then sleep with them. You can, <laughs> you can just be a human. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, she also, like, so, well, she got captured, and you know what her... Again, the thing about, about good night, she gets captured. The first thing she does is she... Her first line of dialogue after the capture is she tries to help Bond in his mission. She doesn't complain. Yeah. She doesn't say, save me. She says, mm-hmm. look, Bond, we're having big mushrooms and bond literally goes like yeah 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 i fucking got it as you <laughs> like she i good night good night the, uh, both of the women just get so downtrodden in this movie it really especially since the last one that we all talked about was the newest one where like women are 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 pretty cool and like pretty awesomely celebrated yeah. and happen to be mm-hmm. anna de armas who is a perfect specimen of a human being in every possible shape and form and could probably <laughs> solve world hunger just by existing. Um, but, like, this movie is the polar opposite of any positive movement that was done by the recent movie. So should yeah, we just say we, the guy Hamilton had... quote again? Or... <laughs> yeah. This is what he was talking this about. This is women's no time to die. That's the yeah. ultimate... Realization of Guy Hamilton's dream for James Bond. So I, I think we, we've certainly had worse actresses, actresses than Britt Eklund in these movies. Mary Goodnight might be the worst Bond girl, just because they, they have this character, like even, you know, your Christmas Jones or, or Jinx Ooh. or even Tanya Roberts in A View to a Kill. Like, these are all professional characters who know some things and are able to help somehow use their skills towards towards the plot and the mission. Mary Goodnight is just useless. She only makes things worse for for yeah. everyone. Yeah, and the only reason, the only way that she ends up being helpful is that she happened to have a homing beacon. Yeah, and they which like and barely causes, causes the the sun laser to go off uh, with her butt, which yeah, even for incredible. for these movies they don't even they don't even do that kind of humor well. It's like. Don't you want to wait for like a J Lo or something if you're gonna do a joke about a someone's ass starting? Yeah, yeah, just setting a rocket off. Also, like. cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Her butt goes into a button, which then magically yeah. pulls a physical lever up at the same time. <laughs> like it seemed, it yeah. seemed like they wanted to be like, okay, scoot back so you actually hit that lever going up and she just couldn't get it. So they put it on like fishing wire and it's like, just get close. There we go. We're getting it. Like <laughs> the gag, the gag didn't even yeah. make sense for what they wanted it yeah. to do. They're like, quick, Roger, Roger's sweating through his third shirt. We have to get off set fast. <laughs> <laughs> no one's sweatier in this movie than, than Mr. Sbarro gangster in the first scene. Dude. Yeah, that guy's really That dude is wet. That dude is moist the whole time yeah, he's, he's alive. He is Casino Royale style wet. He's, I mean that guy is He's slippery. 
Which, to be... I mean, how would you guys all be if you were invited to a humid (laughs) private island that is very hot and then was uh, put through a fun house that you didn't expect? (laughs) That was the only believable part of the movie, how much that dude was sweating. I can't necessarily think of something worse than if I showed up for work and someone was like, or fun house. (laughs) And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You have six bullets, and I have to find my gun, but my servant is controlling the animatronics. I also yeah. would like to point out that if this dude, I like that idea that like he was like, you can come and you can try to kill my boss, but don't you dare bring an extra clip. You bring the one clip like a professional, <laughs> yeah. and you have no extra bullets. <laughs> um. That was that. Well, so that I will that... also say again, and I talked about this a lot, a lot. I'll only talk about it a teeny bit. Um, but the the guy who makes the golden bullets, yet another person that the Roger Moore Bond treats as if he was human garbage. Seriously. Yeah. Especially when, like, that was kind of a cool character. Like, yeah. I wanted to see more of that guy for sure. And it's like Bond, you're you're usually friends with people who are like this amount in like involved in the underworld. Like this guy isn't murdering people. Yeah, this is usually the dude that Bond befriends uh, in the uh, under the auspice of like the next time I'm in, I'm in this part of the world, this guy could help me. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead, and he's like way, he'd say s- points a gun at his balls. Also, for someone who is into the like exclusive arms trade of privatize and customize thing he loves just inviting anybody in to his workshop and place of business and home like it's like hey uh uh, someone told me to talk to this guy he's like that's me perfect come on in let me show you everything yeah i have such a hard time (laughs) extending my business it's hard for a small business owner well and doesn't this guy recognize bond too like isn't this one of the ones where Bond is like a celebrity. He's like, oh yeah, of course I've heard of oh, James, yeah. Bond. James Bond. What's the one? So I wanted to ask the movie about that. again How... where Bond where Bond dies and it's like front page news. Which movie is that? <laughs> yeah, he... that's uh, You Only Live Twice. Yeah, uh, also Skyfall. If in, oh, yeah. in You Only Live Twice, J- uh, David James <gasps> yeah. Bond dies and front page it says like famous naval officer James Bond. It's the wor- <laughs> It's like if Tommy Hilfiger was wait Tommy Hilfiger is not a, a famous face. Who's a famous face? That's like just famous enough. Um, let me think. Depends what you're going for. I'm going for a person who's like just a just a, a face. They're not famous for anything really other than than uh, I can't think of a, of a good example. Paris Hilton, like a, yeah, like a Kardashian. Fine. That's, yeah. that's uh, Paris Hilton is an excellent example. That if one day Paris Hilton like died and uh, the whole underworld was It'll like what? <laughs> and the whole underworld was yeah. just like oh yeah that famous spy Paris Hilton and all of us he, went he is what? famous yeah <laughs> but like it, is he like that famous in all of these other movies too like cause that that was like the wild thing where it's like everyone knows who, enough where there's a wax figure of him in this guy's <laughs> house like that is a level of celebrity <gasps> a for point. a spy that is insane. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Someone had to a make that. A couple of the Connery movies, yeah, <laughs> and a couple of the more movies where it's like, oh, celebrity James Bond. I, I would, yeah, I will say that it's from watching all of them. It is not. It's not set in stone. Different movies treated different ways. There are certainly movies where no one knows who the hell he is, and then there are movies like this where where he is the he's like the the Michael Jordan of the of the underworld. Yeah, and in the same movie where he also 
sticks a rubber nipple on his chest and expects to be thought of as as this other guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we say yeah. that like this dude is if 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 you owned a house and someone was on your property and you start walking towards them and you're like, hey, you're on my property, and they just start slowly disrobing. I don't. Th- I don't think I'd keep walking towards them. I think I'd be like, "Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Why are you taking your shirt off? You should be leaving." This is why I have security. I'm yeah. not going to continue to walk toward you. Yeah, the party doesn't start until ten. All right, come back then. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, jo- uh, John Barry speaking after said that this score. He said this was his least uh, favorite of his Bond scores, and I have to agree. And and uh, said that the slide whistle was his idea, and he apologized for it. Hey, yes. there we go. That's a good ending to that story. We've, I mean, we've all done just a little too much cocaine at work. Like, we know yeah. where your head's at at that yeah. point. <laughs> oh my uh, God. That, that car stunt is really amazing. It's called, I think, the Astro Spiral Jump, and they... They patented it like two years before the movie came out because they once they realized that they could do a stunt like that, that the producers um, and uh, and and it was the first uh, major stunt in a movie to be like computer uh, modeled beforehand, rendered oh, on computers or something. That's kind of, that's wicked cool. Um, and yeah, what? what one of the best stunts by far of, of the franchise uh, sucks about that slide whistle, though. Uh. <laughs> It yeah, it just, sucks that like, he gets. It's sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it. It's it's one of the more heinous things in the movie, but it also ties that really great thing that this movie does to the rest of the movie. Like I could kind of understand what the guy doing the score was like. This is a really wacky kind of a movie. Throughout, let's just make this scene a little bit wackier, or else yeah. it's gonna seem too cool for this fucking movie. <laughs> He more ends up getting a couple of the best ones, right? Like more is also the the right before this is the alligators. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and right after this is the the ski parachute. Is this parachute. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is like, how how dare the sort of least sort of mobile bond physical? Yeah, I, <laughs> I would I would make an argument at peaks with Moonraker with the parachute or the. Uh, skydiving scene without the parachute yes that stunt is awesome except for all those close-ups where you can see that it's clearly two different human beings yeah it's clearly two different people yeah (laughs) the stunt itself though (laughs) but that's so freaking cool unbelievable um uh so the the rock that uh the solar panel comes out of uh is actually like a i don't know three or four foot um model uh, that part, like the islands around there, I think are are all real, and then they stuck that that weird egg shaped rock. Thinks is shaped uh, like a mushroom. a mushroom. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you mean mushroom shaped rock? <laughs> yeah. I also like that knows. he he refers to it constantly as a mushroom because Goodnight also knows to call it a mushroom shaped rock, which means that she had she had the same show the around the house that Bond tour. did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where he goes like, now look over at that mushroom shaped rock. Do you think she was also saying like that must be four hundred and thirty eight yeah. degrees Kelvin? I would very uh, you know, much it must like be kept at a certain temperature. I would like to think <laughs> four hundred degrees Kelvin is a terrifying <laughs> number to think about. By the way, it, and also it it seems like they were missing like they they ran out of money to like 
shoot the laser beam at Bond's plane because it just we get a and then like powering up sound and then it just blows up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Um. Yeah. This movie is. uh, Wow. I am I I am happy that we that we talked about it in this fashion and not in a direct fashion because we essentially hit all yeah. of it anyway, but in ways that are far more pleasing. Um, did, do you want to talk about uh, your history, Mister Schlick, with with this film? Because I know it is rich, uh, especially with with your brother. Uh, yeah, this, this is, is a big a, fan. Well, my brother loves this movie. He's watched it many times, usually when he's really really high. And he laughs very, very hard at it. And he will rewind it. Maybe he might make it a three to four hour watch because he rewinds certain scenes so much. Usually with the really rapey security guard falling into the uh, cauldron or whatever that is, he loves when that guy falls in there because the stunt is so terrible. He loves when Knickknack counts the duel a lot. Uh, this is really, I mean, this is a very significant Bond movie for me for all the wrong reasons. I would say <laughs> yeah. that I've never watched it and enjoyed it, but, uh, and I'm not sure my brother really enjoys it either, but it is really, really funny. I was about to I, say, I, were you not, he, were you not high enough when you watched, when you watched it? Cause like <laughs> at the very least I do find this movie enjoyable. Well, oh has, yeah, no. It has one of those things where it's like it, the movie moves it is a quick pace for a movie like they arguably do too much in this movie and it's really bad with very silly dialogue like it is kind of one of the more perfect so bad it's good type of movies so i fully like i'm i'm on board i'm on team brother Uh, yeah (laughs) no i I stick by my brother it's a really fun movie to watch he got it right like early on i am sad i was as sober as i was yeah. This movie. <laughs> no, I think he he really rediscovered it when we were uh like in college and that's kind of when you're going through you're like, oh, you know, let's like smoke weed and stuff and like yeah. you know, watch movies and that's when he really rediscovered it and really got into watching it a lot. And I mean I used to watch it with him maybe once every couple of weekends and just laugh <laughs> so hard at it. What? And I have very fond memories for this movie just based off of that. And and in a strange way it's kind of one of my like most significant Bond movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a kid, I when I was like first really getting into Bond and like you know, Goldeneye and Spy Who Loved Me were were maybe like my two favorite movies. I'm like eight or nine or something. Uh, I taped this off TV just because I knew it was a Bond movie. I hadn't seen it. My best friend was over. I was like, I got a James Bond movie. We should watch it. It's gonna be sweet because it's a James Bond movie. And then we watched Golden Gun, and I was, like, so embarrassed and just like, oh, this is boring and stupid. Uh, and I would say, <laughs> I, yeah, so initially bad memories, and uh, I, I would say I rediscovered it uh, with, with you and, and Paul Schlick. Uh, yeah. Definitely appreciate it more. Uh, As everyone does, yeah. <laughs> with the, the Schlick brothers' yeah. commentary. My brother is really, truly a visionary. He got this movie when it was still just kind of, like, hiding in the shadows and, like, pulled it out of obscurity and made everyone watch it. And He, he would have been the dude like, that, like, he would have been the dude that sees the room for the first time and is like this is going to yeah. be huge and everyone's like excuse I, me and he's like you don't get it yep <laughs> yeah. my brother was a visionary he got it <laughs> way before anyone else did 
I love the idea of a visionary like consumer, like not the visionary who makes anything, the visionary that appreciates the thing in the right way. Yes. Yeah. He's what he's like one of those critics who in the the 60s was like Citizen Kane's actually good. Yeah. Um this movie I I hadn't seen it until until we did our pod. I obviously had known certain things about it because you just learn about them just like through pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like I had known about the I had known about the car uh, the car flip. Um I had known obviously about uh Come Come Mr. Bond. Um because of uh because <laughs> of the trip. Um Yeah. And, uh, but like, yeah, I hadn't seen this movie until we, we did it. And then as, as I said, even though I fell asleep through part of it, like I watched it while I was like making dinner and having dinner. And I was like, I, I'm having a good time. Like a lot of it is just like a shirk and like a, a, like a half laugh at how ridiculous it is. But there are definitely, there are, there are Bond movies that are technically better, but I would not ever watch again. And like I mm. would, I would turn this 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 has a higher watchability than some other bonds to me. I I agree. There's some really fun things about this movie. Some of them, like you're 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 in on the joke and just laughing at it. But it's just kind of a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It it keeps you on your toes. Like even the dojo part, which is like just bad through and through. It ends with him just like very quickly jumping through the wall. Like, a straight, like, just, like, hands-first dive through something that he just assumed was very permeable and just, like, falls a full story. Like, good for this movie for, like, at least being like, you know what? You might not like what you're watching, but in a second, you're going to be like, I experienced something. Yeah. Well, at least I'm watching a different scene now. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Literally busting through to the other scene. Ugh. I do think this is Roger Moore's worst performance as as James Bond. I think in Live and Let Die, he's a little awkward, and they're sort of trying too much to have him be like Sean Connery. In this one, it's even more so, and just him being mean to everyone and slapping Maude Adams. And he, I think the next movie, they really figure out what to do with him. Yeah, this is definitely his weakest performance. It's you're right like live and let die they're just trying to make him be connery but it's sort of restrained because it's his first performance here they like really lean into it and it's like oh my god this guy sucks like he's trying to be connery but with missing the one element of like charm that makes connery kind of redeemable he has zero charm so not like, yeah. zero charm so yeah. stiff i'm I'll, I'll say it again i re i have rewatched all these movies and or watched all these movies now enough that like he he might be my my least favorite Bond, and I I include Lazenby. Um, like mm-hmm. I think I would rather watch On Her Majesty's than like some of the some of the Roger Moore's. Yeah, I think it's hard to even like put Lazenby in the discussion because the sample size is so small. Yeah, like, it's just, there's nothing. To, there's one movie. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, Moore's a really interesting Bond. He lives through one of the more interesting Bond eras, I'd say. Max, your theory or dissertation the him, on yeah. him and Craig being super similar is quite interesting and holds <laughs> a lot Craig of water. The Craig dissertation? The, I, there's, again, <laughs> there's no way that someone hasn't written some big thing about it, but, like, the the amount of parallels between the two of them, I think, especially if we get another, if and or when we get another Bond, right? I think that, like, 10, 15, 20 years from now, people, people are going to sort of, like, start to talk about that because it, it like... 
it makes sense. He also like he also took over for a guy that was arguably other than Connery, the other person who people think of as Bond the most, which is which is totally. Pierce. Yep. Like yeah. Pierce, I think the difference there is is Craig really succeeded, where I think yeah. Brosnan is is treated unfairly now, where people are like, even people our age who grew up with Brosnan kind of shit on Brosnan. Oh, Craig's more real now, whereas Moore was the one who could never measure up to to Connery. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that opinion might change over time. I think we're still living in the era where yeah. they're both really fresh. I think like totally. 20, 30 years from now, people's opinions will probably change about the two of them pretty drastically. Yeah. Especially because, like, especially once we start to realize the things that are good and or bad about each, each of their sets of movies, because it's like, I mean, hell, I sh- I I probably shit on the uh, the middle two Craig movies a lot more than I shit on the worst uh, Brosnan movies. If anyone like listens back to like me talking about these, and like they are yeah. mostly because at least when the when the Brosnan movies are bad, they're still entertaining. Whereas, like, the parts of, like, Quantum of Solace or the parts of, of uh, Spectre that are boring are just boring. Yeah. Yeah. They're just a dr- – you, you're drudging through it in a way that this movie never does. And some of the older movies just never do where they're just not boring because they're just they, – you had the crazy producers who were, who were buying elephant shoes. And, like, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. the point is that you never had – uh, uh, on any of the Craig stuff, like like they were they were they were trying to manufacture something perfect, and in this you have the insane, like, ideas where people are just like flying to a country they've never been to before, well, and they're just like this city seems weird. What can we film? What yeah. what weird shit can we film here for Bond? But but even to to point out parallels between like craig and moore again like moore was super popular in his day and his movies were very very successful and he was thought of as like Mm. for a time as like being an unbelievably good bond like what when when moore was making his movies they were massively successful and he was massively lauded as as bond and like in retrospect his movies haven't been treated very kindly and i have a feeling that craig's movies will will be treated the same way eventually yeah. when you watch them not in the like context of their time and with like the very specific moment that they come out and you're just like wow mm-hmm. these kind of suck like i i think that's partly true about uh roger moore but also i i think from what i've heard at the time that there was a lot of people who came of age and watched the connery movies in the 60s um more never quite measured up and these were you know if you were a kid in the 70s you probably loved these movies and you know did, yeah, did a lot of money a internationally yeah fully yeah, i will it, say like, that i sorry what your nostalgia play is means so much for your bond movie. like you were just talking about like like you know this is the one that you've seen and your brother's seen so much and you just like have that connection but it's a bad movie i, yeah. I feel the same way about what was it uh tomorrow never dies like, that was the Bond movie when I was, what, in the third grade or second grade or something that was like, this movie was so cool. And yeah, it yeah. is hard to watch now. <laughs> but still, like, I will still probably uh, see it if it's on TV because I have so much fondness for experiencing act- as a kid. I'd actually oh. defend that movie more now. That the plot was very forward thinking. That really nailed sure. the idea of like the twenty four hour news cycle and like the the magnet who like is like cross platform magnet and yeah. how they do business and stuff. Like that 
it's a shame that they burned the bullet so early. Yeah. Man, they could have a field day doing that exact same movie now. Yeah. It also has one of my favorite bad Bond lines where, like, the, uh, I forget what the, his, like, character's name is, but, um, oh, I forget the actor, too. Um, the High Sparrow uh, in Game of Thrones. Elliot um, Garber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Bryce. Yeah. Jonathan Bryce. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, lowering James Bond into the water, like, connected to a bunch of chains and an anchor and he's just like looks like we found our newest nighttime anchor and i was just like i will never forget that line like it's a bad line and i forget i remember it to this day just because like that made such an impression when i was a kid i was like ugh, the horrible puns are the best (laughs) yeah that that's a hard time with with me it's it's hard comparing the different eras of movies because i think the a lot you know the Craig movies often will hit higher highs than most of like the more Brazen movies, but then they have parts that are slow and just trying to do dumb things for the wrong reason. Um, and, and versus like, you know, a lot of the bonds, the first 20 bond movies that I can pretty much be on board with because even if they're, they're really silly and ridiculous, they're always just trying to show you, okay, it's been, We've done three minutes of exposition. Let's throw someone off a cliff <laughs> yeah. now. Like we're just gonna keep it moving. And like, yeah. do you want to see five cars, cop cars crash into each other? Because we paid for it. And like, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I, you know, I, I think aside from the first four Connery movies, maybe the first three, Bond's always a little bit of a mixed bag of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, those totally. first three are so freaking unbelievably good. Uh, you know, Doctor No, Rush with Love, and Goldfinger. And you, I think you can lump Thunderball in there. I don't like it quite as much, not quite as perfect of a movie. But most Bonds and most most movies and most of the actors playing it, they're all pretty suspect after those three movies. Yeah, yeah. they all I end think, up having something. I think something. There's, probably like, yeah. there's probably like eight Bond movies total that you can say are like really good movies. And then the rest of them are like entertainment packages that I like a lot of what's going on. Yeah, you really have, I, I'd say the first for what Connery's Spy Who Loved Me, Casino Royale, yeah, Golden Eye, and there's like that's double, that's yeah. pretty much it. what. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. So not Moonraker, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say you got yeah something like hover around there, like uh, Living Daylights. You take out the bad humor and Octopussy. It's like right there. It's actually a pretty good movie. The which the one that I ride or die for. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm on a list here, so I'm going to... Oh, yeah, as you say, yeah. Oh, uh, no, no. Honor, Ma- Honor Majesties, I think, is in the conversation. Oh, yeah, too. Honor Majesties yeah. in there. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I was actually no, I was like going to say Living Living Daylights, which I, I again, yeah. whether or not it's Timothy Dalton, that movie that movie has a, a really decent story and is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Like, it, it suffers at certain points from being a little slow. It suffers at some points from not being quite, quote-unquote, bondy enough. But, like, that movie, that movie rocks. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I will say that I was just looking at some reviews from the time for Man with a Golden Gun, and and as I said, the like the actual critical reviews are all not great, uh, and most of them are saying yeah. that that specifically, um, Moore uh, and What's Your Place, who played Goodnight, were just bad. Um, <laughs> it's funny, yeah. The like if you look at Ebert or like the New York Times they're kind of hit and miss and all over the place with with bond like i think both like roger ebert and the new york times gave kind of a bad review to spy who loved me and then give a pretty good review of moonraker 
it's just a crapshoot. Like, yeah. if critics would yeah. use. The, uh, here, I'll I'll sort of end our our conversation on the movie with with a couple. They have, there's a couple of decent quotes out of it, um, from uh, reviews. A bunch of them obviously say that they love Christopher Lee because he's he is great. Christopher Lee. Um, and yeah. very useful. Um, but there was, voice. uh, there was stuff that said that, uh, more quote lacks all Connery's strengths and has several deep deficiencies, which is <laughs> wow. You have to go oh, home. Yeah. You, your mother reads those. Like you have to go home like that. <laughs> that sucks. Um, that someone says that about you. Uh, someone said, let's see, The Observer at the time wrote, This series, which has been scraping the bottom of the barrel for some time, is now through the bottom, with depressing <laughs> borrows from Hong Kong kung fu movies, not to mention even more depressing echoes uh, of the carry-on smut. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Amazing. Um, I, I, uh, I know I read this quote uh, last time, but uh, uh, this is... Uh, Pete DeBruge for for Variety a few years ago says uh, that's not to say that I didn't enjoy revisiting Man with the Golden Gun. It's just that said enjoyment requires denying the increasingly problematic truth about Bond. As heroes go, 007 represents a bygone notion of the privileged white man taking what's his and leaving destruction in his wake. Rewatching Golden Gun, I can hear my father's approving laughter echoing after each of the film's egregious violations. Violations against the dignity of women, the respect of foreigners, the laws of physics, uh, of physics or the art of a well-crafted pun. Wow. <laughs> that, yeah. That was from that was from that who? That sums it up pretty well. <laughs> yeah. That was from who? Uh, that's Pete DeRouge, uh Variety. Um, that, that's a recent quote. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say uh, there's a bunch of cool recent quotes from a bu- from different people because obviously people do retrospectives on Bonds all the time. This dude. Yeah, it, it, you can't. This dude from Entertainment you can't really Weekly. Gauge um, movies. Sorry, we keep doing it. This dude from Entertainment <laughs> Weekly uh, said that <laughs> said it may have had it may though uh, about Goodnight saying uh, Eklund may have had one of the series' best bikinis, but her dope doltish portrayal <laughs> was a turnoff as much to filmgoers as to fans of Ian Fleming's novels. <laughs> um, and then Maxim listed her as their fourth top babe. Um, for uh, Bond Girls, which I think is dead wrong. Um, but they said, and I quote, Agent Goodnight is the clumsiest spy alive, but who cares <laughs> as long as she's using her perfect bikini bottom to muck things up. <sighs> Thanks, Ugh. Maxim. Always a class act. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a peak, like, die another day or article. Yeah. That sounds like something that I would pick up a Maxim at, like, an FYE in, like, the early 2000s and, and fucking peruse as if I wasn't just looking for the pictures of girls in bikinis. Mm-hmm. It's a casual FYE uh, well, reference. Other... <laughs> yeah. Like for the... your entertainment. Yeah, it is. What happened to FYE? Are they still around? There's no There's way What happened hell. to... Print publications. There's, there's... <laughs> Did they go the way of the dodo bird? Um, How, well, any other thoughts on Man with a Golden Gun before we uh, carry on with, with tradition? Uh, it's a, yeah, well, look. Paul Schlick said it best when he said, it's my favorite Bond movie for a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, okay, well, if uh, this is your first time listening, or uh, for you, David, uh, we have a tradition <laughs> where we like to speculate uh, if we ourselves could fight the villains uh, of this movie. Of our choosing. You get to choose yeah. one. Um, but uh, everyone who goes after whoever goes first, we, we don't really get to choose the, the same person, um, which I think we should let him go first then. Oh, I was going to yeah, yeah. say, let me let me take your uh, your drags. I'm I'm curious. Right. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. There aren't the thing is there aren't that many people to fight. There's uh, the kung fu children. It has to be villains, right? Uh, like I can't say good night and she'd probably kill herself, right? <laughs> it would it does ser- have to be. It'd certainly be uh, novel. <laughs> yeah, you. I'll 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 pick up in a bit. You guys. I think I, I'm gonna answer as I did last time. Then because that there's really not many villains in this movie, and I'll, I'll go. Uh, Scaramanga, and uh, I'm I'm gonna die probably in that funhouse. But I'm gonna talk to Nick Knack before and make sure he just gives me the full funhouse experience. <laughs> Press every button. Show me if there's gladiators somewhere in there. I want I want them. I want the Pirates of the Caribbean. I want Spring Breaker animatronics really. Uh, and I'll go happily to my death uh, with if my six bullets uh, can't get me out of it. You wouldn't make it past the saloon. No, I'd be like, what the shit? <laughs> Six bullets in, in Cowboy Roger Moore. Look, I'm not sure he's technically a villain, but you know who I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with Tommy Two-Tone, the man from Paramus. Ooh. New Jersey's 15th best killer. And I'm, uh, I he, is, he is on an opposing side of James Bond, so I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, like, I mean, look, Fair. I'm just going to say this. He's so guilty about <laughs> what he did to Al Capone. I feel like I, I can maybe exploit that. Yeah, <laughs> whatever he did to Al Capone, he's very, very sad about it. I the think you could he dress... apologizes to a mannequin. <laughs> yeah, about it. He's so <laughs> haunted, he must apologize to a mannequin. Yeah, this is the guy who told Elliot Ness that uh, Al Capone was cheating on his taxes. <laughs> I think you could just dress up as a bad version of Al Capone, yeah. like get in a relationship with him and poison him. He is so in love with Al Capone. <laughs> We're so yeah. obsessed with him. <laughs> He's whatever happened between them is means a lot to him, and I think that that's where I I slide in and beat him. I like it. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the world's the world's rapiest mechanic. Um, <laughs> the world's least Chinese engineer <laughs> on a Chinese island. Um. For a couple reasons. One, he doesn't ever get any dialogue, and I need to know what that man's voice sounds like. <laughs> um, Great point, actually. Because uh, he could have a very silly voice, he could have a very serious voice, he, he could have a very boring voice. At one point, he goes, yeah, he goes yeah. like ah, um, ah. <laughs> he go, he. Uh, it's a big Paul Schlick classic, so I got to point that out real quickly. So before. I'm gonna have to go with him, and I think that I think that the way I'm approaching this fight is I think that I is that I show up in his cubicle, whatever the hell. And I'm just going to pull out my phone. And at first he's going to be freaked out. And I'm like, don't worry, this is a telephone. Cause I'm the, f- I'm from the future. <laughs> and I'm just going to type in P O R N H U B. And I'm going to turn it into, into like from a, from a hot dog to hamburger mode. I'm going to give it to him in, in, we're going to make sure he's getting high def 1080 P <laughs> 
uh, and I'm just going to hand it to him, and I'm just going to be like, you have fun there for a minute, and then I'm going to come back maybe a week later, and he'll have, one, not eaten, and two, he will have lost, <laughs> uh, to, to quote um, a certain other wonderful movie, he will have lost all of his precious bodily fluids, um, and there's no <laughs> way that he, has, he hasn't just sort of like finished himself, quote-unquote, to death. And I think I'm done. I think I'm fine there. He's lost his life force. Yes. They're here to steal our Love precious it. bodily fluids. That's from Marvel's Doctor Strange. Uh, Correct. Yes. <laughs> you can tell, so you can tell by that. my perfect American accent. <laughs> yeah. A doctor. <laughs> yeah, I can tell by how you say penguin as penguin. Penguin. A penguin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, take it home. Um, I think if I, 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 I mean, everyone kind of wants to go knickknack on how incompetent he was in the very last scene, but the honest answer is he would kill us, and it would just be embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm not gonna go that way. Smart. I think it's going to be the first the guy. Kung Fu school. Yeah, the first guy <laughs> in the dojo who. Bond kicks and KOs with like before the bell even rings. Just yeah, the way he point. just the way he was doing his like his warm-up punches and what like his form looked sloppy already. <laughs> and yeah. I think if there's anyone I have a chance of just like getting a sucker shot in, it's probably <laughs> that guy. Nice. And we all know if uh, it doesn't go well, I can just jump through the wall. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Uh, it- if, if there's yeah that that guy's good casting for like we need a guy uh an asian guy who uh 47 year old roger moore who doesn't have a gym exactly. membership could believably beat up who is a foot and a half shorter than roger moore <laughs> yeah. you come here <laughs> Ugh. uh all right well, well thanks to everyone for for listening uh check out our social media like and subscribe and all that jazz and uh, we'll see you soon for a, a review of uh, of Moonraker. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Not again. I forgot. It's happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm more excited for, for that than, than this movie, honestly. Fine. Well, thank <laughs> you so much, David, for, for yeah, thanks a stumbling lot. in. Oh, it's a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. I'm glad I got to talk about this movie with someone because I needed to after seeing it. This <laughs> yeah, requires, exactly. This requires a dialogue. <laughs> and it was either you guys or my therapist, so... Yeah. yeah. Decisions were made in the movie, and there's no going back, and we, just, we all have to live with it and talk about it. Well, and, uh, if, if uh, in a week or two you want to join us for, for Moonraker, you're, you're most welcome. <laughs> Let me know, man. It's it's out of this world. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll let you know. Anyway, uh, awesome job, right, gentlemen. Thanks so much, guys. A lot of fun. <laughs>